Yo, yo, what's up, my people? B-Things, back with you all for another episode of the All Things Bengals podcast. Post-game episode, got post-game thoughts, got analysis, got breakdowns, and um, outlooks for the future. And analyzing what's transpired so far in these first five games of the year. Um, lots to get into today, guys. Lots to get into. Um, I ain't going to try to make this too long, but we'll see how it goes. So, off top, there's no panic here. There's no panic. Yes, we are two and three. Frustration is here. That's what's here. No panic. Just the frustration of knowing how talented this team is and the inability to execute ultimately to bring out W's each week. That is what's frustrating. With the disconnect and the discrepancy in talent versus production week in and week out is by far the most frustrating thing. Um, man, there's just lots of things to get into. But one of the first things I'll get into is just running down some key points of the game. Um, some de- deciphering parts of the game. Moments and times that were momentum shifting and um, just ultimately sculpting how the game transpired. Um, one of the biggest things I noticed was the run game, rather effective run game from both sides. We saw the best run game of the year for this Bengals offense. Joe Mixon averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Uh, he was producing well. He had space and he created the most in that space. He broke some tackles. He made good cuts. He looked like the Joe Mixon we know. And as I reiterated multiple times last week, when I was ripping him, which was appropriate because of how bad he was producing with this O-line the first few weeks, he really turned the corner, and I knew he was. And that's what you saw last night. You saw a player, uh, an O-line, that was getting pushed and was creating pockets for Joe to make the most through the gaps. So good for them. Nice to see the run game going. Um, But unfortunately, you had the worst run defense of the year. Listen, it's one of the top-run offenses in football, period. That's the Ravens' forte. That's how they produce like they do because you have the elusiveness and the constant threat of Lamar Jackson and his legs, even when he does not use them that much anymore. Lamar was notorious for his scrambling and just flat-out running and creating the play himself the first few years, but he's really calmed himself down in the pocket, and he doesn't run as much as you think he would. But... Nonetheless, that run game is really good. Our run defense within the confines of what we know that run offense to be for Baltimore, it was fine. It was fine. It wasn't great. It wasn't really good like we've seen before from our defense against their offense, but it was fine. Um, So run games on both sides produced, and both defenses got gashed. Baltimore has a competent, quality run defense, especially that interior. We worked them. They worked us at times. So, another one. Lamar to Mark. Lamar to Mark Andrews. Nine, or eight to 89. Man. Y'all want to hear something crazy? I was not exaggerating when I said this is probably the worst receiving core we're going up against this year. Now, this is opinion. But I'm preface this by saying this. 
I consider a, a legit earned catch by meaning you run a legit route and you get a catch. It's not that complicated. But the reason I add that is because Devin DuVernay's stats show up as five receptions for 58 yards. I don't have them in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that's that. The dude caught three or four screen passes. You're not working a cornerback to catch a screen ball. You're not working a corner. You're not beating a corner to a screen pass. So that's not a legit pass. Like if if Jamar Chase caught eight screens, I'm not saying, damn, he worked DBs to catch those balls. Like that's just not the truth. So with adding that, subtracting the screen pass that Devin DuVernay had yesterday, Baltimore's wide receivers caught six passes. Six, yo, six fucking passes. That's how bad they were. I said, heading into the game, I expect Mark Andrews to have 15 targets. Surprisingly, he had 10. Disappointingly, caught eight of them. Even more disappointingly, on the last drive of the game, when you know your DBs are locked down, completely locked down against these receivers, bum-ass receivers. You run a unique coverage set, a cover like four or some weird shit. Like, I don't even know exactly what it was. Lou pulling out, you know, some Ludini shit. But you are running soft coverage on Mark Andrews, 10 yards off the ball, one-on-one, on the last drive of the game when they need yards. And you allowed six catches against these bum-ass receivers. And you are one-on-one-ing. They're clear-cut only threat in the pass game. I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that we fell victim to Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson. Who did we think was going to catch the fucking football? I hate to say it, but it reminded me, just like the Super Bowl, Cooper Cup had 42 yards of offense heading into the last drive of the Super Bowl. What happened? He had 55 50 yards of offense in the last fucking drive. Why? Because he was their only legitimate threat when it mattered most. You had to get the ball to your best player. Is it rocket science? No. Same shit happened last night. When they were down, they had to go to their best player. Their only legit threat on the offense, Mark Andrews. Who did they go to three, four times in a row? Mark Andrews. First down, first down, first down, first down. Touchdown. Touchdown. Like, I mean, Mark Andrews catches the only touchdown in the game. And then they get him in field goal range to win. That's one thing I'm disappointed in. This defense is the best defense of football, I think. Von Bell, I mean, holy shit, I'll get into him later just with how phenomenal he's been. I mean, this defense has allowed five touchdowns all year. Incredible stuff. Um, But nonetheless, when it mattered most, when it mattered most, their only legit threat in the passing game, you single cover him 10 yards off. Hmm. Where's the logic in that? I would straight up stack him. Right? I mean, I I would press him. I don't give a fuck. I'd get a linebacker or I would get a fucking stack coverage right on him. I probably wouldn't want to have a linebacker press him. I would want to have a linebacker a few yards off of him. Or put your best cornerback on him and then have a safety over top. Defend it. They didn't defend it well enough. 
When it mattered most, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews did what it took to win, and our defense did not when it mattered most. Another thing, DB play. Our DB play was phenomenal, as you'd expect. Um, I will say Eli Apple got burnt on that one play from Wallace cutting behind him on a route. Now, I didn't know at the moment if it was Eli's responsibility. Eli may have been uh, directed on that play to take the underneath. Maybe. I'd have to look at it again. I'd have to try my best to dissect what coverages the Bengals were running. But nonetheless, I mean, Eli looked pedestrian at that moment. It looked like he got sucked into thinking a player was underneath him. Went Tylen Wallace went right past him. Bum-ass receiver, wide open. Lamar overthrew him. Lamar overthrew two balls in a row on that drive. That could have been six. But beyond that, Cheeto, of course, all pro, ta- all pro talent, all pro production, both of them together. Eli Apple, damn good. I mean, he let up one pass, I think. One, maybe two. He was lights out. Lights out against these bum-ass receivers, as you'd expect. Um, same with the Ravens corners. They came to play. They're good, they're good players, period. They're good players. And you saw that. You saw a really good defensive back play last night. Receiver play. That's a big one. Um, look, Mike Thomas is not a legit dude. Um, I was really happy to see him have that 33-yard catch. That was awesome. I think the longest play of the night for us. Um, and Ravens receivers were terrible. Um, I'm not even trying to shit on it too much because they're an op. I'm just like, they were terrible. Like I said, they were bad coming in and they were that because they're not good. Because they don't have talent there. And then their only legit talent was out for the game. Um, We didn't do enough to put our players in position to win. We didn't. And the Ravens defense is good, guys. It's a good defense. It's a good defense. There's really not too much to say about it. They played well. They just played well, man. Um, they made some plays. They missed some. We made some. They made some. It's that simple. Quarterback play. Solid. Solid. For both guys. I would say Joe and Lamar were pretty even. Like, from what I saw last night, nothing spectacular. Because these are both really good defenses, man. Like, I think our our defense is better than the Ravens. But they're both good. And we have a lackluster offense right now with no fucking identity. Now I'm going to get to that in a couple minutes. So QB play was solid. Both made some critical errors. Um, Lamar missing targets. Uh, had that overthrow last night to maybe, I forget who it was, uh, maybe Tylen Wallace. And Von Bell made that incredible pick um, across the field coming over. Um, and then Joe just... Didn't see Patrick Queen right in front of him. It happens sometimes. Joe had, we had our first offensive turnover in a month. In a month, guys. Like, we've had one offensive turnover to nine turnovers on defense in the last four games. And we have won two. It's not adequate, but it is what it is. You have a formula. You know what? I just want to go ahead and hop in it. That right there, you have a top defense in the league. That is plus eight. Sorry, y'all. I got a call. But I was saying that 
we have a top defense in the league that is plus eight in the turnover differential in the last four games. We have all pro talent, as I've said, at least when healthy. You know, DJ coming back in a couple in a couple weeks. Um, you hope. Um, you have all pro talent at defensive tackle, edge, linebacker, safety, and cornerback. I am not even talking about Jesse Bates. I'm gonna just say it now. I was gonna. I was going to talk about it at the end of the episode. Von Bell, like, legitimately is the best safety in football right now. It's incredible. He has forced four turnovers in the last four games. In four games, Von Bell has produced four turnovers. Three games in a four-game span. Produced one against Dallas. Didn't have any against the Jets. And had two against the Dolphins. One last night. Our safeties have forced five turnovers in the last four games. That is what the fuck you need. Right there. We have an opportunistic defense that is playing lights out. We have allowed five touchdowns this year. We have the most talented offense in football. More talented than the Bills. Yes. We are averaging 21.6 points per game. That is embarrassing. So I'm just going to get straight to the meat and beans of it because it's the most apparent thing. Listen, I've been saying it for some time now, but it's obvious now. Um, Zach Taylor needs to give up play calling. No, he does not need to be fired, and he will not be fired. I don't want him to be fired. He is a good head coach. From my opinion, from my limited knowledge, obviously not being a head coach, I feel like the most important trait to have as a head coach is the ability to be a quality leader of men. You are a quality leader of men. Of course, you have to have IQ with your EQ. As EQ is what's formulating a quality leader of men, you have to have the IQ with it. And I think Zach has a generally, generally good amount of IQ for his age. That's for his age. Not even throughout the league. I don't know how he lines up throughout the league, but I'll tell you this. The most important question I would ask Zach right now. It's a little bit of a unique one, but it's this. How do you beat cover two? How do you beat cover two, Zach? Give me 20 different plays that you have that can really put cover two in bad situations. Tell me. Guys, I don't I don't think he can answer. I don't think he can. That's the problem. Listen, cover two in Tampa two is a cover two where you have a double safety look that comes on the right side and the left side of the defense at the top. You have your defensive line, you have your edge, you have your linebackers, your cornerbacks that are on the line of scrimmage, then you have your safeties back. Two safety looks. That's a cover two. You have a guy that comes down to the box. That's the Von Bell. He comes a bit closer, kind of in between where the linebackers are and uh, Jesse Bates. Is playing at. <clears throat> that is a the most all, common coverage for teams with good receiving cores and passing weapons. Because when you have that extra guy back there, that extra pass defender, it leaves teams less likely to hit you deep. Teams are running that against the Bengals most times. They have to because they have to respect our elite pass game. Our elite players. <laughs> our pass game has not been elite. At all. It's been suspect. It's been errant. All over the place. We have not been able to beat cover too much at all this year. 
We produced well against cover two. Uh, against the Dolphins, Joe Burrow was 7 for 7 for 83 yards, I believe. Really well. Solid. Fine. But it's not good enough. Um, Look, there's some offenses in this league that are producing so much far and beyond better than the Bengals. It's embarrassing. The Seahawks are one of the most efficient offenses in the league this year. Geno Smith is starting at quarterback. That dude's been on the bench for six fucking years. You think that dude's just some gem in the background? No. He's mid. He's not that good, guys. Don't overthink it. They have two good pass weapons. Really good ones. DK and Tyler Lockett. Noah Fant. Good. He's not great. He's good, though. And their offensive line has the 28th highest efficiency rating in the league. That still ain't an offensive line that's producing that well. They've shown some flashes, and I think they're going to get better. Quality young guys, but that ain't some rock star group. That offense is averaging almost 30 points a game. A game, bro. They scored 48 points a couple weeks ago and 30-plus yesterday. How are they producing better than us? It's the scheme is working for them. How is it not for us? We have one of the most talented quarterbacks, the most, I, the, one of the smartest quarterbacks in the game, one of the most efficient and accurate quarterbacks in the game, the best receiver in football with the most skills in football, a top 10, top eight receiver in T Higgins, one of the best slot receivers in football, still a top end running back, a quality tight end. In talent at left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. Yes, it's suspect at times, but it's still good compared to the rest of the league. As the rest of the league, there's an epidemic going on in the league with offensive line talent. There's a discrepancy from offensive line talent to edge talent. Nonetheless, you have an offense that is the most talented in football. And you're somewhere in the teens, the 20s in points per game. It's inexplicable. It's inexplicable. There have been few times far and in between to where you think, wow, Zach called an awesome game. Has it happened? Yes, it has. It has. Zach has done some good things with play calling. But it's not enough. It's not enough. It's inexplicable. I'm serious. This can be one of the most talented offenses league has ever fucking seen. That's not exaggerating. It's fucking real. We are producing... At a middling rate. Middling. Even though we are still, I think, top 12. Maybe we went down a bit yesterday in efficiency per drive. Like, we're still solid because of the talent we have. But we have won in spite of Zach Taylor. Nine times out of ten when it comes to offensive play calling. Let me say that again. We have won in spite of Zach Taylor nine times out of ten when it comes to his offensive play calling. That's how it goes. Joe Burrows had to save us games. Jamar Chase, big plays, great kicking, great defense. Ludini. Where's Zach? Just being phenomenal, calling effective plays, going with the flow of the game. Like when Joe Mixon's averaging 5.6 yards per carry, why don't you run him a single time at the goal line? I know you trust your great quarterback. I know you trust your great receivers. Even though you do become much more of a one-dimensional type of offense when you're losing such an effective weapon in T. Higgins. It's inexplicable. It's not good enough. The standard's too high here.
But I'll tell you this, guys. It's not just Zach Taylor. As Zach Taylor said in the press conference today, it is a collective effort because it is. The way it works is that Brian Callahan gets notes, gets insight as he has his own. He gets insight from the analytic members in in the booth that he's with. And they give him three plays. They come up with three plays in very specific situations. They go through all the data to prepare for this. And Brian gives three plays to Zach to siphon down, and Zach picks one to go with. So it's, it is a collective effort. So it can't just be as simple as give the play calling duties to Brian Callahan because how different is his going to be? I think what has to happen is they have to figure out how to fucking beat cover two. Because let me tell you something. Teams are running that against us more than anybody else. I mean, we got to be one of the top two, three teams having cover two ran against us. When teams don't run cover two against us, they get destroyed. There's been very few plays. Like the Jets ran one cover zero play against us a couple weeks ago. It was a 56-yard touchdown to Tyler Boyd. That's the epitome of what happens when you run shallow coverages like that. Weak coverages with one safety, with zero safeties. You will get cooked. It's not good enough with Zach. Things have to change. I don't know what will change, though. And I don't think anything will. Zach Taylor is not going anywhere as a head coach. I think he has to relieve play-calling duties in some manner. But I will also tell you this, guys. It does not flip like a switch. It's not all because you changed the offensive play calling that miraculously the offense is so efficient. Holy shit, they can't be stopped. It's not that. We just have to run better fucking plays. It's not just about creativity needing to be injected into this offense. It's the type of creativity. In my opinion, within my limited knowledge, as I don't run an NFL scheme and I'm not equipped to, so I respect that boundary. But we need to add layers to this offense not just creativity. We don't need to come out here in the fanciest formations and the and the most unique fucking motions and you know, off ball on ball shit. We don't have to do that. We just have to have layers. We need to be a chameleon. They need to think we're blue but we're really red. They need to think we're orange but we're really black. They don't know what to expect. If y'all saw one of my stories, it's it's like the Spongebob fucking memes. When Spongebob's got his eyes in both directions, that's what defenses need to think of our offense. But what they think of our offense is fucking, hi, I'm normal. Remember that fucking episode of Spongebob? I know y'all do. If you didn't watch Spongebob, you're a fucking loser. I'm sorry. Spongebob's a goat. Ask Joe that shit. But that's what our offense is like. Hi, I'm ordinary as fuck. Yet I have one of the most talented quarterbacks in football. One of the smartest quarterbacks. The smartest young quarterback in football. One of the most accurate ones. The best receiver in football. A top one receiver. A top eight receiver. A top 25 receiver. A top seven, eight, nine running back. With a top 12? Top eight, nine, ten talent O-line? Like I said, you'd be surprised. The discrepancy in talent between the O-lines and defensive lines are big. They're bigger. It's pretty devastating. You have just a few really good, legit good O-lines this year. So that's why I say they're top 10, 12. It may not sound like they are, but also this is an offensive line that's allowed four fucking sacks in three games within the starting five. Four sacks in three games. What else you want, bro? Four sacks in three games? 
We ain't getting pressure out the ass either. We ain't allowing pressure out the ass. This is the O-line we wanted. Y'all saw my story about this. This is the O-line we wanted. And this is what Zach has given us. I ain't the type to point a finger out of lack of accountability. I ain't pushing accountability. I'm not about making excuses. There's a difference between a reason and an excuse, and that's accountability. The intent from someone making an excuse is to push accountability to a source, not them. And a reason is explaining the scenario just like you would with an excuse, but holding complete, unequivocal accountability. Hey, this is why this happened. Blah, 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 blah. For the Bengals, listen, here's the reality. Here's a reason of what held us back yesterday. We didn't have the highest graded defender in football, according to PFF, when he was playing the first three weeks of the season. We didn't have the highest graded defensive player in football. T. Higgins, if I'm not mistaken, is the second highest graded wide receiver in football this year. So we didn't have the second highest graded receiver, the second highest graded receiver in football and the highest graded defender in football. That's a reason. But guess what? That's what's de- that's what depth is for. You guys know what I was preaching all offseason. I was the guy that was expressing the concerns of, hey, this trio, yeah, it could be one of the best this league's ever seen if they continue producing at an elite level. But uh, this receiving core on the back end is mid and concerning. Guess what? It came to life. You got a Mike Thomas that's having to be relied on going one-on-one against Marcus Peters. He's going soft-ass coverage, not worrying about him at all. Safeties aren't even paying attention to that side because he's not good. He's not terrible, but he's not good. Guess what? That's accountability. We need to figure out a way to be better. We need to figure out a way to, to do our due diligence to search for receivers that can provide us more value and talent, injection of talent than a Mike Thomas on this team. Hey, Josh Tupo, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai, you got to step up. And they did okay last night. They did okay. That Baltimore defense or that Baltimore offensive interior line is good. It's good. Ben Powers, Tyler Linderbaum, Kevin Zeitler are good. They did their thing. But guess what? It's holding accountability to our guys that you got to step up or we got to figure out a way to inject talent so we know those. Uh, guys that we bring in can have that talent there. That's accountability. So I ain't about, oh, you know, just because we're injured, I'm pushing all accountability and giving no credit to the Ravens or the opposing team. Listen, the Ravens deserve to win just a bit more. They made just another one player too. That was a lot. I know. Damn, I got to take a breather for that. Um, Listen, the biggest two things for me, ultimately the biggest thing comes with the play calling, and that's on Zach, as he's the leader. But within those things, the most concerning thing of it, we have no identity on this offense. That's what's disappointing with how high the standard is with this team. I've already said it with the quarterback, receivers, running back, and O-line. And you have no identity on offense after five weeks. Inexplicable. There's no excuse, bro. It You can't make one to me. That's where the pressure applied. We have no identity. 
This is for jokes. I ain't trying to get political political or no bullshit like this. Like, bro, we're like we're like a team that has they them in their fucking bio. They them. I don't know who the fuck I am. That's us, bro. How do we not know who we are? We are dogs. Lethal. Lethal slash poison. That's what our offense is to opposing defenses. Potent. Lethal slash potent. It's a better term. We ain't they them, bro, but that's who we're being like. That's who we've been the first five weeks. They them. I don't know what I identify as. That's our fucking offense, and it's inexplicable. And it does fall on Zach. It does fall on Zach. Has Joe played absolutely lights out? No. But we are being constrained. Joe has played really good within the confines of what he has at his disposal. Of what he is following with his coaching staff and his play caller. As he should. You should trust your play caller to put you in positions to win. It's not just Joe's team. People, it sounds hype. Hypey, oh yeah. You know, this is Joe's offense. You know, he calls whatever he wants, but he don't. And he shouldn't. It's the NFL, bro. Quarterbacks don't fucking run the offense. There's a reason quarterbacks ain't fucking offensive coordinators, bro. There's a reason we ain't got no LeBron James types in this league that fucking call the plays. They call the shots. We don't have it. We have leaders and offense coordinators. He, our offensive coordinator, is failing us right now. It's a standard thing. It's not a dismissal of accountability thing for me. It's a standard thing. It has to be addressed because of how high our standard is, because of how talented we is. This is where shit resides right now, and this is where the pressure falls on. Your shoulders, Zachary. Your shoulders. Your shoulders, Brian Callahan. Your shoulders, analytical dudes. All of you. That's where it resides. The number one question I have for him regarding ways to build strategically, how do you beat cover two? That's the question we have. That's the question we need to see answered coming forward. Guys, we're facing a good secondary in the Saints. A good defense in the Saints. All right? We got some work ahead of us. Listen, this team is a really, really talented team. I stand behind everything I've said so far. This is the second best roster in football when you talk about health, when you talk about age, where they are, culture, trajectory. The second best roster in football. And you are two and three right now. It's not good enough. I think it will get better. It just has to be figured out. Here's some positive notes, though, guys. Because you know me. I'm an optimistic guy. A lot of people may think delusionally optimistic. I like to think I'm borderline. I like to think I'm aware. Like, oh, I don't want to be delusional. Maybe I do sometimes. I'm apologize. You know, I apologize for that. But if you don't want to listen to me, fine. So I got to finish on an optimistic note. My perspective is this team has all the capabilities to go on a run and be the best team in football. All of them. You have the best defense in football. Like I've said, you've heard me reiterate it, and it's something that you can stand on as a fan. The all-pro talent with the all-pro production at all phases of your defense. And you have all-pro talent, not the all-pro production yet, but the all-pro talent at quarterback, multiple, multiple wide receiver spots. You have a good tight end. You have a really good running back. And you have a solid serviceable with upside O-line and a strong culture. 
that's being hindered right now with some nuanced bullshit. This team has all the capabilities to be great this year. No panic at all. Just frustration and urgency. Addressing. Addressing about the urgency. That's Those are the things that I'm seeing right now, guys. Um, look, I posted on my story. You got to win the next 8 out of 10. You fucked around. You lollygagged and you found out. You fucked around and found out. All right, so you win the next eight out of ten, y'all. Listen, this team was seven and six last year. We're seven and six, staring after a two-game losing streak, hoping can this team make the playoffs? Uh, maybe you can make the playoffs. You know, the the Ravens coughed up a couple games. Lamar Jackson's out. You know, the Browns are going on a downhill spiral. The Steelers are the Steelers, and we ended up making it work. Real football don't start till December, y'all. When did we heat it up? December. We heated it up in fucking December when it mattered most. The talent's here. We are an elite, talented team. Elitely talented and equipped team. We just got some bullshit on our plates right now. We better fucking clear it off. Get focused, ready to go. Um, another couple quick notes. Jonah Williams does have a mild MCL sprain. You hope he can go next weekend. Uh, he may not be able to. We'll see. Uh, he did come back in the game, which is great. Um, and T, it sucks. I was surprised that ankle hurt him last night. He may have tweaked it or something. Like, I didn't know this was a legitimate thing. He was full on Thursday and Friday in practice. So I was surprised he went out as early as he did. That was a huge thing. That was a huge factor in our depth of uh, quality of our offense. It made us much more, you know, dimensional and predictable we were going to jamar chase the defense knew that um but those guys are day-to-day which is great so you leave the game generally healthy with important guys that did suffer injuries but nothing too significant that's one of the most important things you know so that's a positive focus on winning the next eight out of ten you fucked around you lollygagged against a couple teams that you should have won against. Cowboys look fucking fire right now. Ain't that crazy a backup quarterback in a span of two weeks or uh, four weeks beats both Super Bowl teams from the past season? God damn. Ain't that impressive? That's baller shit right there, bro. I ain't even fucking playing. That's baller shit. So they're a good team. Um, Steelers, uh, that game looks more embarrassing day by day. I'm not going to indulge on the past. We don't need to. I will also say this. That's a really good Ravens team, man. In a division primetime game. We are the first team in NFL history in the first five games of the season to lose three games at with the final play of the game. We know we're close. But a win, in the, a win is a win and a loss is a loss. We know that. Pick our shit up and move forward. Another promising team, another promising thing. Man. Can you ever count Joe Burrow out? Like, whenever this dude is down, we always come back, dude. The Steelers have his worst game of his career. What does he do? Leads two game-winning drives after tying the fucking game. Twice. Three times. When you think he's out, 
when a guy like Andy Dalton, not to shit on Andy Dalton, but I guess it's relevant because we got Andy Dalton weak. You managed to come back. You're down 14 to the Cowboys. Managed to come back, tie the game when it mattered most. You're down against the Ravens. You come back and you lead. God damn. That is the promising and exciting shit, guys. Within the turmoil and frustration of a high-powered, elitely skilled team being below 500 in October, that is who we are. We are a team that is so talented, you cannot escape us. You can't. You think that you're running away from us in a game? Nah, we will always come back. Always. Because we're better. We are better. We just have to get our formations and our scheme strong and effective. Layers, not just creativity. Not just creativity. Layers, chameleon. Everything is the same color, but you don't know what we're running. That's what needs to happen. We need to be same colors. You don't know what's coming. Chameleon. You're the same thing, but you look a lot different in different facets. So... That's pretty much it, guys. Um, I hope you appreciated my spitting. Um, oh, also, I will add. Yeah, I mean, I already reiterated it earlier, but it's just hype to talk about. It's insane when I talk about we have an all pro, probably the best safety in football this year, and we're not even talking about Jesse Bates. <laughs> Von Bell has been the best safety in football this year. I mean, the dude is a turnover machine, and he has been fucking phenomenal in coverage. Not only phenomenal in coverage, he has been getting PBUs. He's been phenomenal in tackling, getting up in the box, getting up near the line of scrimmage, making plays, a couple tackles behind the line of scrimmage. He is everywhere. He is arguably the best player on this defense this year. And I'm talking about in a world with DJ Reader and fucking Trey Hendrickson and Logan Wilson. It's incredible. And Chidobe say. Like, it's awesome. So, kudos to Vaughn. There's a lot of exciting stuff, guys. I'm excited. It was a tough loss. I'm not phased by it at all. Frustrated? Yes. Don't want to fall 0-2 in the division so far. Long season left with a super talented team. Let's bounce back, guys. Let's fucking bounce back. Let's get shit straight. Let's focus on us. We ain't got time for no excuses. All right? We hold accountability here. We don't spit no fucking bullshit. We may spit some real shit, but accountability shit at the end. All right? Appreciate y'all. I'll talk to you later. Peace.